Where uh, where did that come from? Do we know? I want to say the origin of that was Dick Vitale. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dick Vitale in for, the college for, just years. Just for everyone out there, that that's like the way Pete and I greet each other. Like literally via yeah. text, in person, everything. Ah. Just, ah. So yeah, I think it evolved or devolved from Dick Vitale, <laughs> uh, who, you know, in the excitement of calling college basketball, which, oh, babe, it's awesome, baby. And I think we were huge, sarcastic Dick Vitale fans. Yeah. We, we truly loved him, but is he a great announcer in the end, or is it just pure love you're seeing from the man? Yeah, I th- the enthusiasm, I think, really shines right. through. And if you could just take that and have it in your, in your day-to-day interactions the way he like calls a Duke basketball game. Right. You got to take some of that juice with you. Yes. I want to absorb some of that love and apply it to anything I can. So the ah is uh, a nod to Dick Vitale and not necessarily to his excellent basketball calling. That also might be great. I'm not really sure. Truly. (laughs) I, I couldn't get to the bottom of whether he was ever any good. I was just fixated on, the love that the man clearly just, yeah him giving a shit it's like the same thing with Tony Romo and, and CBS now just like how dialed in he gets with yeah. uh, the games that he's calling I do enjoy uh, a Romo call I feel like ever since people became aware that he was Nostradamus and mm. could call the play essentially and know exactly what's going on in the game he lost some of that it's that oh, I don't know if that's a thing it's where it's like a Schrodinger's cat kind of thing where yeah. like when you, you observe it then it like it changes the fact that it's observed changes its actions right right yeah putting eyes on something changes it it's that whole thing you know the moment you hit record nothing's quite as good as it was that one time when it wasn't recorded mm-hmm. uh, maybe that's totally different yeah we were way funnier 10 minutes ago you yeah me? man that that dump I took was uh <laughs> The funniest thing I've said in years. Should have been uh, should have been taping that one. This is yeah. this is Pete Muth, comedian, musician, uh, great bro. Uh, I, I, again, fair warning. You know, as as is the case when like most close friends hang out, we might like drop into some voices or like some sure. some stuff that you know. Yeah, uh, big favorite. Uh, you know, we oh doesn't even want a podcast. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. Our dear friend's uh, father has been a a character throughout our lives and just saying anything in his voice. Um, if you do something enough around friends, it just becomes a joke just because you're calling back to it. Yeah. There's no cleverness in there. It's just, we did the thing. It's like a fond memory bring up. And then how does that make us laugh? Let's really well, yeah, break again, it down. If you observe it, there it loses its magic. And it's also trying to explain it to somebody or like, it's like with any kind of inside joke with friends where it's like showing someone a video on your phone where it's like, no, you got to see this. You got to see this. And then it just never hits yeah. the same way that you want it to. Yeah. I, I struggle with the, um, and I think my wife has done a good job of DMing me stuff instead of oh, okay. showing me stuff. Uh, I had an aunt show me a six minute video with Irish humor <laughs> In the midst of me walking to the kitchen. And uh, it was tough. And I love her. And the video was funny. Was she was she holding up the phone the entire time? Yes. And she's about four foot three. Oh, no. So and, you're um, almost over. Yeah. Back's killing me. Can't get to the kitchen to get what I want. Concerned about like, you know, wrist tension. Like maybe she's like starting to feel the fatigue a little bit to have to have to hold that up. It's, it's yeah. a lot of moving pieces. And the fact that that thing of 
it's not going to be as good. She's she has to start vouching for it. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey, oh, let me fast forward. This part's really good. And it's like, oh no, just you can show me the whole thing if you'd like. We're we're already doing it. Um, my wife's friend has has like a a habit of like anytime she wants to show a video, she's like, I want to show you this, and I think it's good, but it might not be the vibe. So like thirty seconds in, if you're not feeling it, please tell me. Oh, like, that, like great like preface, just giving you permission to be like, you know what, this isn't what I what I want to do right yeah, now. Yeah, I think that humility is good across the board. You know, who am I to take your time, show you a video? Who am I, you know, not to get shot in broad daylight on the street? (laughs) You know, I don't think I deserve a gun. That doesn't make me deserve a gun because I don't want someone to shoot me. Yeah. Not a good enough reason. Like if you, yeah, if you got shot in the middle of the street, you're just laying there dying. It's like, it's fine. You know, I I don't, it was, it was, um, greedy of me to expect this not to happen. Right. Uh, Yeah. I, I don't know why I don't feel like the possibility that someone could come up and shoot me is, uh, is a good enough. What, what if that happens? I, I deserve to have a gun of my own. No. Just, yeah, you got to take, take the yeah, dice take, that gets rolled your take way. Take the gun. Take the gets, bullet uh, that gets shot in your face. Yeah, yeah. That's what I've always said. And um, I stand by none of what I say on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also now having flashbacks. Pete was the first guest on my old and now defunct podcast called and that was about like doing comedy and doing something else. Mm. I remember doing that episode and like needing to restart like three or four times. (laughs) Yes. Just feel free to do it right now. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I I think we're, this is episode 20. So I think I'm, I'm a little more, I haven't had to restart a podcast yet, which is huge. Oh wow. That's great. Um, yeah, I did like 16 episodes of those. So this has already outlasted that. Okay. I, and again, I like what we were talking about before. We're like, just knowing that this doesn't have to go on forever and I've got an end date makes me do it longer, you know? Right. Of the whole thing or just this one interview? Just, just the whole thing. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause <laughs> God, he'll be out of here soon. <laughs> let's, just, let's just get through the next 45 minutes. Right. Jesus Christ. No, just the fact that like. Because the last one I did like 16 episodes and it got to a point where I was like, I'm going to have to keep doing this for forever. And I, I don't want to do that. And that was it was like coming up to the end of the year from like December into January. And I was like, oh, I can just quietly stop doing this and delete all this from the Internet, uh, you know, just because I didn't want to keep going. But now that this has a definitive end date, I feel eh, like what's a couple more months? I'll be fine. Right. Right. And I can relate. I mean, our podcast has certainly fizzled. And I wasn't the one doing any of the hard work. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, let's do it every week. Let's do it five times a week. It's it's just the fun part. Yeah. And then, as you were telling me, there's a ton of work on the back end, mm-hmm. you know, figuring out how to put it on the internet in a way that doesn't look like total shit. You know, bleep that for whatever. Yeah, cur- curse all you want. Who cares? And, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, just the act of, of sitting around talking is fun. Yeah, it is. But, but again, you you put a camera or a mic to it, and it's like it's just a little, right? A little a certain a certain shade different. You um, end up talking about getting shot, and <laughs> you know the morality of uh, if someone is eating their favorite sandwich and you go up to them with a gun and shoot them in the back of the head, can you argue that there's anything morally wrong with that? Is that uh, the end of The Sopranos? I think that's the other question. Oh, probably. Yeah. Probably. I wasn't my show. Oh, oh that's right. Yeah, you had a hard time with Not that. Not a popular that, opinion. Yeah, big, big contention with you and our friend Corbs. Yes. Yep. I think Corbett you know, blocked me for not loving The Sopranos. <laughs> I think I got through most of it, but uh, 
I don't know. I can't point to what it is. I think I saw it after I had seen shows that came after it, and I felt like TV had been figured out how to be made better by the time I circled back to The Sopranos. Yeah, there is something about The Sopranos that it has like that procedural sort of vibe to it in certain episodes where it's like, here's the here's the problem for this episode and then it gets resolved at the end even though there is kind of like a broader arc over the season whereas like something like Breaking Bad is like just one into the other like it's, yes. it's, it's a straight line all the way through yeah The Sopranos never uh, made me have to keep going yeah I thought and Breaking Bad Homeland a couple others I feel like uh, forced me at gunpoint to keep watching <laughs> not, not and, that uh, I deserve to not watch them. yeah and hey when the guy showed up with the gun, I thought, you know, if my time's up, my time's up. I don't I deserve watch these shows. <laughs> I don't deserve anything beyond what anybody else deserves. Uh, um, we could go on like this forever. I feel like just talking. Just circle circle back. Circle, yeah, always bringing it back to guns. <laughs> yeah, um, that's the plot of the episode right now. Also, what we can do is just like start playing the last podcast that I did with you, and just like lip-sync oh it, yeah, you know? like like a uh, lip sync a podcast. Maybe that's a thing that hasn't oh, been done yet. Right. Yeah, cover podcast. Mm-hmm. That that's had. Oh, that was that was. I think that was your idea, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think I joked about that, and then I think I had heard several jokes about that since, like a cover podcast or, yeah. But parallel thinking is uh, ever present in the world, and that's really what this pod, which segues us nicely <laughs> into the theme of today. The theme um, of today is we're yeah all right we're good uh, uh yeah it's actually ten minutes of banter up top is actually very solid uh, okay nice yeah we're in there uh part like I guess moving away from the getting shot in the face for not watching a TV show banter <laughs> what I I wanted to talk to Pete Muth because like Pete is um I don't know how to describe this but like I think you might be uh the most obscenely talented person who at the same time is also obscenely indifferent to their talent. Oh, like wow. just very talented at music, very funny, very inventive and creative and weird, and just kind of like, yeah, you know, this is no big deal. Like, thank you. First would off, would you take? Would you agree with that read? Um, I think deep down, I'll I'll give a nod to to some talents. Um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, the jack of all trades, master of none thing. I don't think I'm world class at anything, but I think I'm decent at most things. Um. Even that way of saying it probably sounds cocky. Or maybe that is what you're saying, that I can't really look at it objectively. Yeah, well, it's it's like... Um, cause I, I'm trying to think of like the best way to put this. Because you kind of like you, it, it takes it takes a lot. Sometimes I feel like it takes a lot to coax it out of you. Like it took you, it took a long time for you to get you to start posting stuff online, mm. or, yeah. or you know, yeah. doing all that stuff. I think we've talked about that too. Just the shame of like, like who again? Who am I to not get shot? Who am I to <laughs> to post a video online right. and think it's funny? It's I, I mean, ten years ago, I would look back on what I've done since and be horrified. I mean, posting a cover song of a Taylor Swift, let's say, I would have thought that was impossible, and whoever did that is a bad person <laughs> 10 years ago. And I've done it in spades since. And But yeah, that was a big jump to just kind of say, screw it. And uh, yeah, I want to share some of this stuff and results be damned. And uh, yeah, I feel like if uh, 25 people like it, then I'd be happy if 25 people sat down and enjoyed it in person so that probably doesn't 
exactly make sense, but yeah, it's like twenty people like kind of nod their heads, like, "Oh, that's pretty good." Yeah, or you know, um, yeah, certain certain comments from ten years ago from uh, an attractive woman, you know, keep you going on a <laughs> on a rainy day, <laughs> just float you emotionally for a decade <laughs> right. on end. Man, remember when she said that's half decent? That, that was <laughs> that really creeps up once in a while and. Carries me through a rough patch. I should, uh, I should keep going. You know, it's funny that you say that like 10 years, you 10 years ago would look at you now. Normally it's like looking back at yourself 10 years ago and you're like ashamed of what you did. But like that too. 10 years past you is looking at 10 years later, you now. Right. That makes chronological time description sense mm-hmm. and being like, oh my God, what's this guy doing? And, and 10 years later, now you is looking back 10 years like, uh, don't worry about it. It's yeah. It's. The reverse happens too, where you do look back and think, wow, I thought that was good at the time. Mm -hmm. And I've been curious about at what point, and I thought I was there. I thought I was at the point I'm about to describe where at what point do you think, all right, now I have a good sense on what I'm making or doing. And I won't look back in two years and think this is garbage. I now have a good grasp on it. And I'm still not there. Because I look back at stuff during the pandemic. I'm like, I killed that. That's a great... Uh, song I did or, um, you know, I'll never think that sucks. And I'll, mm. and I'll sure enough, like, oh, your memories, check them out. Like, oh, this is hard. Dude, I've been talking <laughs> about this. This has come up on like the last two or three, like two out of the last three episodes where like you watch old stand-up tapes or you see like some Facebook memory pop up and it, it just, it is like, you have like a physical reaction to it because yeah. you're not prepared for it. Like, like right. if you're, if you think like, all right, I'm going to go back and look at something it might not be what I think it is. You're like, you're at least like in a steady emotional state, like ready to take it on. But sometimes man, it'll just pop up and be like, Hey, remember this thing you thought didn't suck? Well, guess what? Right. I got news for you. Um, weird with stand up. I feel like since I never really got better or different or evolved in stand up at all, I'll look back at old jokes, be like, that's still really good. (laughs) 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 No, of course there are a few, uh, certain ones that are just, you know, and hey, I don't mind wordplay generally, but certain just horrible wordplay jokes. I'm like, all right, that one really stunk. But yeah. generally, if I listen to an old set from 10 years ago, I'll be like, 75%, pretty great. <laughs> good, good solid C plus there. It we'll had something. It. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's <Yeah>. awesome, baby. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you what, baby, this guy's stand up never got better. <laughs> listen to this pun. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, actually, I want to go chronologically in your your artistic development here because I don't think I've ever like explored this part of your life with you, whether on a podcast or uh, in person sure. conversation. But yeah, like please tell us about the Maryland All State Boys, Boys Choir. Yes, like, the just, Maryland State Boy Choir. Um, I auditioned. I think I was eight years old. Oh my god! And um, just you know, grew up uh, doing some singing at church and in some crappier. Uh, school and church choirs. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, enjoyed that very much, but still had a little bit of, uh, hey, you know, I, I play sports too and I'm I'm cool. So don't, <clears throat> this isn't it. Um, Audition for that. Yeah, got in, had a great run through high school of, uh, you know, performing at the governor's mansion and going on a U.S. tour and Canadian tour. Um, and then... Didn't you solo on a bunch of shows? Yeah, I had a I had my fair share of solos throughout. Um, I was an alto before my voice changed, mm-hmm. and uh, but I could I could still 
I could still do soprano. You know, I could. I was just an alto because I was so good at hearing harmony that I yeah. had no choice. <laughs> I was an alto. I could soprano. I could Breaking Bad. I could Homeland. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, I being an alto in the Maryland State Boy Choir until I my voice changed and I became a tenor was what gave me a love of uh, harmony in music. Mm-hmm. I can I can say that and just hearing a song and singing along harmony and not the melody uh, was a fun thing. Harmony is, <clears throat> it's like below the actual melody. Depends. Right? Okay. Could be above, could be below, you know, three part harmony. Most of the time one part is below and one part's above. Um, Cause sometimes so, I'll sing in the car and, and I have a horrible singing voice uh-huh. and Kristen will tell me it's like, actually you're harmonizing right now because you think you're on pitch, but you're, <laughs> you're, you're off, but it somehow ah, harmonizes in a weird way. The accidental harmony guy. Yeah. That's, that is, yeah, that I mean, is me. That's, that's the next, uh, famous for this podcast music. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the accidental perfect pitch harmony guy. Mm-hmm. Um, are you're not tone deaf though. I think like you I can match. You are. I okay. think. I, I think I have no singing voice. I can't match anything. Anytime I've tried to play, I think I just something in my brain. It. I. It. Music, and trying to play or sing music, it just can't compute. Yeah. It, it just. I, it just doesn't work for me, which is devastating because there's honestly nothing I would love to be more than like. Well, I don't want to say nothing. I love to be more, but like it, I would think it would be so cool to be a singer songwriter and just like guy with an acoustic guitar guy at the party. As corny as that is, honestly, we're making a comeback. I got news for everybody. Yep. Just want to make an announcement here. We're starting to bring our guitars to parties again. Nice. Heads up, you know all the sorries. You heard it here on the podcast. Necessary. Folks. It's, it's um, been made fun of on Twitter for ten years now. It's come back around. Yeah, it's cool. That, wrap back around. Um, it's so funny. My little brother. It's mostly a bit, but he just has no respect for people who can't match a pitch and <laughs> and so our cousins are all wildly successful and you know compared to our side of the family just like in business yeah just like a doctor an architect um they went to notre dame you okay. know just you know phds whatever and uh he'll just the first thing we haven't seen him in a year we'll visit him they're, they're uh halfway across the country and he'll be like, sing this note for me. <laughs> and they can't be like, oh, what an idiot. Like, can you imagine not being able to do this? Like, what? <laughs> I'm impressed by nothing in this house. <laughs> right. Forget, Show me your vocal cords. Forget the doctor. Um, yeah. But Maryland State Boy Choir wise, that was, uh, yeah, that was a great experience. Loved that. Um, yeah, it was cool just having something besides uh, sports and I really came to appreciate it later. Um, you know, once you grow up and get better perspective on things, I really appreciate my parents getting me involved in both sides of things. Not that it's just arts and music there are or arts and uh, sports. There are certainly, or maybe that's it actually. Is that it? Uh, there's arts, there's sports, there's like science maybe or like science. math, but like nobody, okay. really, nobody yeah. does that. There's computer camp, but I think that was just like invented as, yeah, a, that's as just, a fake thing to say your kids do. That's just music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Keyboards, that's like, you know, <laughs> right. actual music, the clickety clack. Exactly. Much. But no, I appreciate my parents a lot for that. You know, not coming close to appreciating, appreciating it uh, at the time, but you know, my mom getting my siblings into Irish dancing and stuff like that is unique and cool and probably very annoying yeah. at the time. Well, I, like I, I, 
did you have these like, uh, oh my God, I got to go to practice for the boys choir. I got to do this. I got to dress up. I'm going to miss this thing on this weekend because we're going to the governor's mansion. Was that part of it? As I got into high school, yes. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I took accordion lessons and I was in the boy choir at the same time for probably a four or five year run. Can you still play the accordion? I could probably still play the can can. Okay. With the you know, I thought bass the can can the... was another instrument that is similar to the accordion. It's like, <laughs> what, what am I missing out on here? Right. The can can is the uh, button accordion, and the the keyboard accordion is just the regular accordion. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, no, getting into high school, I did come into that eye roll, don't feel like doing it phase, but. Playing accordion and being in the Maryland State Boy Choir for those four years simultaneously, I remember I hated going to accordion and I loved going to the boy choir. Okay. So, what was the genesis of the accordion? It's like just because? Well, with all the other siblings doing Irish dancing, we traveled up and down the East Coast for these competitions called, it's called a FESH, Mm -hmm. F E I S. And all the musicians who accompanied the dancing were accordion and fiddle and. You know, the Irish penny whistle and that drum that you play with a stick. And I guess all drums you a play drum? with a stick. A regular <laughs> drum. Regular drum set. <laughs> Irish drum set. It's just a regular drum set, yeah. but it's green. <laughs> so, yeah, there's a guy there with the green drum set. Um, and my mom was like, I, had, I lasted two weeks in Irish dancing, and I pleaded or pled with her to please allow me to quit. Surprising, because you have great footwork. For like as like an offensive lineman and a basketball player, I do. Thank you. Um, Pete could have been in the NFL if he wanted to. I don't know if you guys know that. I, I, man, I look at some of my footwork and think that yes. I real quick uh, side note on football. I was scared the whole time. Yeah, I would be so awesome in high school right now, knowing what I know. Really, I I'd never played hard. I was too scared. Interesting, like of, of getting hurt or like. I was just scared. I was a sensitive little boy. And I was young for my class. I was playing on varsity junior year. And I was 15 playing against kids who had been held back to be 18 and 19 on varsity. Jeez. That's for one. And I'm just, yeah, I think generally I'm a bit of a wimp as far as aggression. and But knowing that, you get to know yourself and think, oh, I'm good enough at sports to, to kick people's asses now. But I didn't have the the headpiece. I mean, I was good enough to start. I was obviously Obscenely extremely talented, talented guy. <laughs> hey, I mean, don't get me wrong. Don't yeah. go down this I wasn't good path for another moment. I was starting on varsity. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, we're all over the place here. But uh, uh, High school and yeah. The, Maryland the- State Boy Choir Accordion. Love the boy choir. Until maybe late in high school, I was thinking, uh, I, I got back into that. I don't know back into it, but I got into that. This isn't cool. And I got a little bit worried about that piece uh, at some point. And I, and I quit our school choir my senior year. I remember just, and then I, I did later regret that because I thought I looked at one of my teammates on the football team who went over and sang the national anthem with the choir in his pads. I was like, Damn, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. And I'm getting the chills now uh, thinking about that. You, I'd you like, could have been like Chris Klein in uh, American Pie. Yes, man. He was not. I look. I heard that movie. or heard that scene in that movie and thought, oh, he's not good. Yeah, I could have blown him out of the water. I am. Can way you believe than, this guy? Doesn't know. Oh, what a terrible version of Do You Believe in Magic? <laughs> yeah. 
I, and he has one of those, his badness, I don't believe was pitch based. It was how he pronounced words. Mm. I, I think he was hitting the notes for the most part, or at least close enough for the a movie. The enunciation was dog shit. I think so. I, and I can't really even wrap my mind around why that's bad, but it is. And uh, It's displeasing to the ear. Doesn't bring the hands to the together. Ear. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so you finished <clears> up <throat> high school in the boys' choir and all that stuff, and then college, you're just like the guitar guy at the party? Yes, I did get... Um, I, I went to a scholarship weekend, which I think only my school that was for dumb kids from good areas that's that's kind of the summary of my the college i went to yeah um, that, that sounds about right smart kids from the ohio valley and dumb kids from uh maryland new york virginia um i don't know how they managed that business model but that seemed to be what it was um what's my point with all this where were we uh, the guitar guy scholarship oh weekend. yeah so i'll go to this scholarship weekend which is hilarious and i think only exists in that one school and uh, I sang a few pieces for oh, the like choir director. Yeah, audition okay. for a scholarship. Whoa. And um, I sang a song that was in the movie Chariots of Fire. Um, I think the song is called Jerusalem. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then I also sang a, uh, a Hebrew piece called Al Shloshah. Gorgeous piece. Look it up. Um, got, got a scholarship for uh, singing... And then the choir was just only okay. Mm-hmm. As a requirement for that, I had to try out for the play every year. So I was the chef in Cinderella. Pretty funny. Was it a musical or was it just It was a musical. Okay, right. I had a, yeah, I, I had one solo singing part. It's like, and it was most, it was kind of that talk singing. It was like, I told uh, the steward I, to get us. And I made the, I made the soup in the morning. <laughs> I can't, see, I can't even do it. That's how bad yeah. music I am. Honestly, I can maybe hear it in my head, but I can't put it out of my mouth. That might be your lane though. The talk singing yeah. guy there's a lot of that in the and music we go man to the store and we ah, see i'm still fucking no up, i think you, you're prime for harold hill in, in the music man okay, okay um that whole main opening scene or uh, one of the scenes in that he's not hitting a single note and it's awesome okay he's just talking all right in the movie in the movie yep right. um uh oh we got trouble i mean that's not singing mm-hmm. he, he's basically Talking in an exclamatory way. Right, like an old-timey like radio announcer kind of voice. Oh, almost. we got trouble. Mm-hmm. Trouble right here. You know, he's just kind of... Doesn't matter if you're it's hitting like, the notes. Bum, bum, like in right. between each line. Right. The, the orchestra's doing the music for him. Um, All right, so uh, you heard it here, folks. You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. I'm going out for the music, man. Yes. I'm going to take Hugh Jackman's role or whatever the hell it is. Right. I think you could... And then they... For the, you know, till there was you... Uh, scene which is a gorgeous song so gorgeous that the beatles covered it um mm-hmm. they might have to yeah sub hugh jackman back in but right that should yeah be like problem. a little you know like a, a stunt voice real quick right <laughs> yeah hey wait isn't that it's, uh, it's worth it he's so good at talk singing <laughs> yeah, right. we can't not yeah. switch him out <laughs> <laughs> um but yes then certainly i became the guitar guy and i did even back then have hesitations about just walking in somewhere with a guitar mm-hmm so I would, I, my friend would often just carry it because I did have a hype man a little bit. Like, yeah, dude, you, bring your guitar. You, you go there like, like an hour in advance and plant a guitar. Right, and you show right. up oh, like, oh, there's that? a guitar yeah, here. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome, baby. Uh, oh, turn off the music. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a hype man who, who believed in me and I think thoroughly enjoyed it. And so there were a few times I remember, I'd be like, I don't want to show up with a guitar. 
He was like, I'll bring it. I don't care. Like this, like it's not going to be good without this, which high praise from another tone deaf guy, actually. So maybe looking back, <laughs> I, I shouldn't think and so highly of that. Two but. people from your college are having another podcast. Like remember when those <laughs> yeah. guys would show up and ruin the yes. party with their guitar? I think there are probably a few of those guys. There are guys who think it's good who still don't like it. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that sometimes does something to people, even if it's really good, that people just roll their eyes and, and get up. Does and, it have to do with like, look at this guy obviously trying to get girls? Probably some of that or... Yeah, yeah. If suppose... Um, yeah, play Dave Matthews, uh, exclaims woman number one. And then there's interest that comes from that. Um, yeah, I think that could upset a talentless uh... <laughs> guy who has to get by on his personality. <laughs> a right. talentless fucking hack hater. Yeah, you might get upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely guitar guy in college. Had regrets about it and have circled back around to uh, standing by it. All right. Excellent. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. And then you get out of college and that's that's when you do you start Irish Toothache with, with Tup around that time or what what, well, what does that project look like i think by the way tup is also like one of pete's friends from growing up and like might even be like more of like yeah. wasting his talent than anybody i don't want to say wasting his talent because he's a very successful person but it's just like disgusting talent i yeah. think tup is a world-class songwriter and i say that with no hyperbole um and i feel we're working on a music project right now and i'm still floored at his ability and i get so flattered when one of my little ideas makes it into a bigger thing that he's created, mm -hmm. like, all right, my stamp's on there too. Like, I'm not chopped liver over here. I'm, I'm doing something right. Like, I, <laughs> it feels good to uh, get an idea that he likes and and passed him. Awesome. I, I really. Yeah, also, he gave hands down the funniest best man speech I've ever seen in my entire life. Like, it, it, I was comedically, I was jealous just watching him. It just blew the roof off the place could start stand up tomorrow and be successful by february 15th yeah probably yeah and like, yeah just like film film some sets get them on get them on uh on tiktok and, and instagram reels and it's like yeah, i guess i'll do this now i i believe that with all my heart and um yeah i it coming from that group of bros this is just turning I, into the sucking tubs dick yeah the, yeah <laughs> the st D. Oh, oh, STD. Oh, oh, all right. It was worth doing. Right, often those uh, <laughs> <laughs> pan out. Yeah. And often they, you know, you're just doing that for the sake of being able to call out what three letters were just used. But that mm -hmm. one. And oh, how bad it was. That, like, was oh, that, that it. didn't fit at all. It's like, <laughs> well, that, that backfire of a joke backfired. <laughs> right. Um, Tup is extremely talented and, and it's all going to waste. Yes. Oh, yeah. What? I mean, his best man speech. I mean, the roasts we do mm -hmm. where he claims not to have written anything. That part's obviously a lie, and then he's the funniest. Oh, what I was starting to say is I was, I feel like, middle of the pack funny in that group of guys mm -hmm. and was the only one who decided to, you know, had enough wrong with me to try stand-up, I yeah. guess. When did that start, actually? Did, when Because you started in Baltimore. Yeah, I was like, 27. Did it, take, did it take a lot to, like, coax you out of it? Took four years to get uh, the balls to actually get up and try. I feel like... One thing that served me well was I was writing jokes pretty much since college ended. So I feel like I had five years worth of some type of joke writing under my belt just for fun. And 
with the hope that one day I could get the courage mm-hmm. to try it. And then, yeah, one day I just got blacked out drunk and tried it <laughs> and truly don't remember my first set. Wow. Yeah. So just tell everyone you killed and like that's that's the reality. I heard it went okay. And uh, that was enough for me to, to go again and be a little less drunk the next time. And um, yeah, so I was 27 later than most. Uh, but yeah, w- what a fun thing to discover. Really enjoyed it. Right. So but you were writing jokes for five years. Like that idea was always in the back of your head, but it just took that long of a time to like. Truly. Yeah. I There was a word processor at work, uh, like the old blue screen point of sale, you know, from working in the paint store. I had all these um, just files in there of jokes and my manager at the time, who was my buddy, who you've met, Jay. Okay. Jay, hilarious Jay dude. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Bleep out his last name. I don't, can we dox him on the podcast? Does it matter? Ah, yeah. His yeah. real name isn't even that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I so, just know all these names because I, hear, I sure. hear them brought up in the group. So it's like when I at your bachelor party... I had just met all these guys for the first time and I feel like I knew him because like, I've heard your name at least 35 times. Right, yeah. for sure. Anyway. In, so yeah, I just had this word processor file and um, he would add stuff, I would add stuff, and we would just make each other laugh. Like, yo, go go pull up the thing, see what I see what I added. Be like, oh, guy, that one's good. You know, he was a guy who said guy, which it worked for them, but I don't love people saying guy. Like, hey, like, uh, hey, guy. And my guy. My guy. All right, so guy and my guy are, I feel like, have very different. You, like, guy, I think of Terrence and Philip in South Park, like Canadian. Like, hey, guy. Hey, friend. How's it okay. going, buddy? That okay. kind of thing. But my guy is more like um, Brooklyn Hype Beast kind of oh, thing. Oh, right. Like, guy in a Supreme T-shirt. Be like, yo, my guy. We, we're going to. My guy. Yeah. Right. Guy versus my guy. Yeah. Good musical. <laughs> my guys and dolls <laughs> there we go <laughs> wait spend 10 minutes thinking of another musical that has guy or yeah. my oh uh my fair guy my fair lady come on my fair <laughs> <laughs> the music my guy the music my guy there we go right okay. the music man hamill 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 guy hamill guy ham my guy mark mark hamill guy yeah, there we go uh, <laughs> Let, yeah, let's just let's waste twenty minutes on this. Yeah, please. Yeah. Or Scott Hamill guy, ha- Scott Hamilton, the uh, ice skater. Brian. Oh, okay. You're I'm, thinking of Brian Boitano. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on this. I'm on the South Park train. I'm also thinking of Harry Hamlin because of uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, which Harry Hamlin? He's married okay. to Lisa Rinna, I believe. Gotcha. Uh, pretty hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she. I, I'm thinking of her as the. Uh, as the at the time, and you know, this is not my opinion. She was cast as kind of the washed up hot Hollywood girl in that Entourage episode, if you recall. No, I don't. Yeah. Oh my god. Unless I'm getting that completely wrong, there was one of the housewives who was, and this is probably 20 years ago now. So for her to still, so she wasn't even a housewife yet, was she? Or washed up because wow. she's still not washed up. Yeah. So for 20 years ago, for her to be cast as that. I mean, Real. that was the vibe in Entourage, though, where it's like, oh. you're 39? Right. You're washed Ooh. up, lady. Yeah. We, uh, I saw an episode recently, uh, and it, yeah, it's very much a product of its time. I, I heard someone online describe that like late 90s to mid-2000s period as like the vulgar wave, where it's mm. just like you could just say whatever the, the fuck you wanted and like be right. rude about stuff <clears throat> in TV and movies, and like you can get away with calling Lisa Rinna washed up and before sure. she turned 40. I... 
all right, here, this will be horrible. <laughs> I kind of know what showmakers were doing, though. They were saying, these people aren't nice, and this is yeah. not a nice thing to do, but we're going to make a show about it. So, I don't know, is anything in there? If, if I, there's something that's not nice or politically correct in a show... Is it not good enough to say, yeah, these are just bad people we're showing? Yeah, so what's the responsibility I, there? I, I don't know. I, I probably couldn't say, but I think the point of view now is like that's still not okay. It's not okay to show bad behavior as, as a way to show what's bad. But like back then, like that was an acceptable point of view, and I probably fall somewhere in the middle. It's like case-by-case yeah. case basis probably. Right, right. And like, I'm not saying – and I guess all right, here's where maybe it becomes complicated – uh, as an example to young men and how to treat women or something, that's that's where it's irresponsible. I guess, yeah, because you get like 16, 17 year old kids watching it, like like taking it seriously. Right. But it's also like it's not meant for them. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you just have a guy stand up at the beginning and say, "Hey, make make sure not to act this, like this." This is all a bit, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> right. This like, is like all a character. PSA. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, this is real, and this like no matter what we say, a TV show shouldn't be your personality. Right. Just launch into the world. <laughs> <laughs> Now, having said that, <laughs> yeah. enjoy the show, everyone. Right, uh, man. We really got off off topic from the we sure did. The Jay Fells document. Yes. Okay. Right. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. So just started putting dumb things that, and then I thought it started getting better. It was like, oh, this one seems like a real joke, mm -hmm. and um, see, so yeah, eventually just got blacked out and went and did some comedy <laughs> in Baltimore and really enjoyed it. Thought it was cool. Felt like. Um, yeah, it felt like some type of weight had been lifted uh, of just just the in the general sense of overcoming a fear. Mm -hmm. And that feels really good. Similar to like quitting drinking and getting healthy, that uh, sense of satisfaction um, is bigger than probably the health benefits of having accomplished it right I, I mean you know like one of my favorite lines of yours of all time is like pete muth lost 200 pounds and his, his he was just like man it wasn't that hard either <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well i'm telling you man once i removed booze that was just like such a comical roadblock for me it was mm -hmm. so clearly the main thing standing in my way two cheesesteak special after yeah uh, you know hey 12 beers hey can i get the two cheesesteak special special I'll just take two cheesesteaks, please. Just, and keep it down back there. <laughs> Dude, I still say that to Kristen. I'll be like, I'm going to go get the two bagel special this morning. Yeah. That's, that's, that's made its way in our lexicon. That was the thing, man. After end of the night, boozing, two entrees. Of course. Two entrees. That was part of the fun and part of the reason to all get together and get drunk together was for that very unhealthy meal at the end. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it felt like well, let me just get drunk so I'm allowed to do this. <laughs> do you know how messed up that is? I'm not going to eat two cheesesteaks sober. What the hell do you think I'm yeah, doing? Yeah, I'm not, not, you know, insane. Um, but yeah, that sense of uh, overcoming a fear is a big one. Nice. Yeah. And relearning how to perform not half in the bag oh, was yeah. an interesting one. How uh, how long did that take you to get going? I mean, because you like <clears throat> kind of stopped drinking end of 2019. So it was like a yeah, long... Mid yeah, mid-2019. I... Uh, it was like a long time before you really got, I mean, because you had six months to do comedy that everything shut down basically. Right, right. So singing wise, I still don't feel like I'm there. Um, I still feel like my voice will shake and, you know, and that's that's another interesting question. Are you good? Are you really good if you can't perform in front of a bunch of people? Mm -hmm. If All right. So I can sit in my room and uh, blow doors down 
let's just say. And you can't though. <laughs> but if I can't go do it in front of uh, one of the halls, what what are the what are the theaters called? Webster Hall. Yeah. Let's let's use Webster Hall. Am I good? Am I good if I can't do it in front of all those people and my voice shakes and I my legs shake and and I can't hit the right notes? I I guess it's just like uh, I don't know if I would say good, but like I get that is a huge performing under pressure is a huge part of anything like sports. Like like yeah, there's someone who can you know hit a bunch of baseballs all day long, but if you know when when the the lights actually turn on and it's time to play the game and get the ball across the plate and they they can't get it done psychological component is just as big of a part of it as anything. Right, right. Which is why I admire this baseball player, Delman Young, so much. I think his clutch gene came from not truly not caring if the Orioles won or lost. Really? I don't care. I'm going to go hit a double off. The win- I don't like this team. I don't like this sport. I'm going to go win when the was, game. When was this? This was probably 2014 when the Orioles were good for, for a quick blip. And this guy hated him. <clears throat> He just, I just diagnosed his clutch gene as. Oh, so just watching TV, you're like, this guy's indifferent to the Orioles. Doesn't care if they win. All right. Doesn't care if they win. So yeah, uh, just stop caring if you suck. Yeah, that's honestly, truly like Mm. that sounds like a joke, but. Easier shared on Facebook than done for sure. (laughs) Yes. But um, yeah, so I feel like comedy wise, it was just a Band-Aid rip. And once I performed sober. It was easy. And honestly, I don't have much performance value. So I feel like I was the guy to to stop drinking and then keep performing because what are you doing up there anyway? You're just telling yeah, but, stupid jokes. Well, so so Pete is like a very, it's like a like a one-liner Mitch Hedberg kind of style. But like even if like a joke doesn't go over well, you still gotta got kinda have this like almost a Johnny Carson esque ability to be like, Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't anything, yeah. but you know. Yeah, fall back on some of that. Yeah. Um But like it was that intentional, like re- focusing specifically on one-liners like you never had any inclination to do like longer stuff well as a as a bit of a booze bag i thought if i could just go in with stuff memorized i could still get drunk and have fun and have it feel like a really fun party experience and i feel like i do have the ability to riff and i could talk to the crowd and be funny but i just never any t- any, I would talk myself into doing that and then get up there and just recite jokes. Really? Yeah, because I just wanted to do well. And that's not good for development. I'm not vouching for that mindset at all. Um, that's just what happened. I would be like, all right, just go up there and mess around. Have mm-hmm. fun. Talk to the people, whatever. And I never did it. Yeah. And then you get up there and you still give a shit if the Orioles win or not. Right. Exactly. I can't Delman Young it. I, I really can't. Or I couldn't. I haven't to this point. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I can see being decent at it, mm. and I uh, haven't haven't tried it. Have, try that's another it. set of balls to, yeah. to grow. Have, have have the most go to the like most low stakes open mic possible, and just like yeah, see yeah. what happens. So it's like don't yeah don't give a shit if the Orioles lose this one at, right. at, at like you know yeah. two thirty in the afternoon at some Lower East Side bar. Right, might hit a double off the wall. You never know. It's possible. What yeah. um. What made you make the leap to start like posting uh, songs and like sketches and jokes online? Was it, is it like, the same kind of thing where it's like I have enough of a repository that I can feel confident about this? Yeah, um, I'm trying to think exactly. Um, I think honestly, part of it was a good friend passing, 
And he had had no reservations about sharing online, going hard, posting stuff. And I think I took some inspiration from that and thought I wasn't in the healthiest part of my life. And I thought, man, and this is vulnerable and probably embarrassing, but I will start the podcast. Yeah. Start, start it right now. After I say this, (laughs) (laughs) I thought, man, if I drop dead tomorrow, I would like people to know that, uh, singing was important to me or that I could, uh, I could write a sketch or I don't know. I think there was some of that. And that's, I think that's a little, yeah, vulnerable to say, but I think that's part of it. Like if I drop dead tomorrow and I honestly, in the state I was in, that was probably a possibility. It's like, let me, let me, uh, share, uh, some things I like and think I'm good at. Just like leave a record or something. Yeah. You know, sing yesterday by the Beatles and, uh, have it be one of the top five covers of all time, but undiscovered. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't think that highly of myself or at least, you know, not behind closed doors. Do I typically let something like that slip? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's really uh, no debate about it. Find a better one. Yeah, I'm uh, being kind by saying uh, top five. I think it's actually the best one I've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> top five. That's me being humble. What are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, so, like, what, during this whole time where you're, you know, you're doing stand up and you're making music and singing, and like you're you're working the same time, uh, having it, you have a job at the same time, and you, the way you always were self-effacing about it, you're like, oh, I'm a smelly paint store manager. <laughs> yeah, and now you're like a, a paint salesman. Like, was there ever any inclination of like, oh, I'm too talented for this. I got to get the hell out of here. I deserve like a, a career in the arts, or was it the same thing of like, who am I to not get shot in the street? Yeah, there. It's definitely more that I always found it to be a fair trade-off that oh yeah you just go to work and then do what you want on the side mm-hmm. what's the problem and i was late to even understanding that you could do something you love for a job i that is still i feel like i still have trouble wrapping my my mind around that one and but yeah that that trade-off always seemed fair to me um you know after college being in bands, go to work and then get together, jam with the boys, get ready for, you know, a gig that weekend and the weekend I can do whatever I want. That's, that's a fair trade-off. It didn't, I didn't ever feel like, um, completely miserable in this job and like, I need to get out and really, which is maybe to my detriment. You know, the fact that the job wasn't miserable enough for me to say, I need to really make a career out of something I love. I feel like the balance has been mostly fair. And yeah, maybe as I, you know, uh, push 40 and want to be extremely wealthy for uh, the ease of life that that would provide, Mm -hmm. I look back at um, maybe I I should have tried for some of those things, but the day to day, I was never unhappy or miserable. So I look at people whose careers I admire and wouldn't trade places. Like on the surface, you might say, man, I wish I had that thing or, but I then say, I'm confident that I'm happier than that person. Or I don't know. I feel like I have a good balance about it, which maybe it's just an excuse and I should uh, go to some more therapy and, and figure out what is unfixably wrong with me. 
I mean, I'm confident that I'm that I'm happier than that person. It's honestly not that far off base. But I think there's that. It's a very, you know, out there conversation about. Uh, then once you make the thing you love your job, does that does that spoil some of it? And, and you I get wouldn't afraid know. Of losing it, I get think, afraid like, of losing it. From what I hear, that's the fear. And I can't speak confidently on that because I haven't had it. But from where I'm sitting, I can understand it happening. Yeah, I. So I'm trying to actually. The, I think you and I are trying to like trade places right now almost because I've always been like I'm miserable in this job. I want my job to be comedy. That's what this whole thing is about. And like you know now. It's like basically September, and like I know I know which way the wind's blowing here, and I know how things are gonna shake out unless something like crazy happens, you know. But um, I I am kind of looking forward to and relishing the idea of separating, creating stuff from this expectation of making a living off of it right. and just doing stuff for fun. And I think that'll be that might ultimately be helpful and more fulfilling. It might help me find some kind of success, like however small it might be, right. even, even if it's not enough to make a living, maybe like just like making something that I'm like really confidently proud of. And it's not tainted by this idea of, um, Oh, well I didn't make a living off of this, so it doesn't count or it's not, right, it's, right. it's like, there's something kind of holding me back from it. Like I, I have a very clear idea of what things are going to look like for me come January and like what I'm going to be spending my time on because I'm still going to work on stuff. Sure. Just the, the details I'm, are dependent on a few things, but I, I think I have a good idea of what it looks like. And from from a distance, it looks good and I feel good about it. Once I'm in it, we'll see what happens. But I, th- I think, uh, you know, I'm trying to get to that point where it's, there's no expectation of, yeah, who am I to knock right. a shot in the face? <laughs> yeah, right. Give me my favorite sandwich. Take me out to a field. Shoot me in the back of the head. There's Nothing morally wrong with that because you didn't know it was coming and you were happy till the very last minute. <laughs> Come at me, uh, m- but then, morality arguers. But, but then you don't get any more moments like that. You don't get any more of your yes. favorites. So you're, it's a you're completely taking, flawed. You're taking, <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, come at me in the, the first argument. Yeah, right. you're right. Just fold, I'll fold right away. I'm, fold like a crappy bridge. I'm cult material. Fuck. I'll sign up for your cult immediately. I can be talked into anything. Um, but I, I hear what you're saying, man. And honestly... Uh, my wife, Julia, and I, as you know, you've been on an episode. Mm-hmm. We make this silly but really fun show on Instagram and TikTok, but how are the chairs? And yeah, just making something fun and we stand by the product. Like, this is a fun little show. Mm-hmm. And that, re- surrendering the results of that and, oh, wouldn't it be fun if like a lot of people got into this and thought it was cool? Yes, that would be very cool and that would probably add... happiness or something. But in the end, we're making something together. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is just the the sound of someone who's uh, scared to really try, but that's another interesting thing. That intersection of it not becoming, if it not being fun anymore. We talk, I talk about that with Tup on making music stuff all the time. Where like, oh, this song would be great with a horn section or something. We're like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. So are we not going to do the whole thing now? Because this would be better with a horn section. Let's do what we can do. And what we can do right now is this fun show at restaurants or this new album that Tup and I are working on. I think that always fascinated me, that intersection of when it becomes too much and you're trying to make it too whatever... Do it at the version you can do it and still have a lot of fun. 
Right. I don't know. I was also, I, I, that makes me think of, I thought you were kind of going with it where like, all right, if we got a horn section, like that would be such a pain in the ass. I wouldn't like this song anymore. Right. Well, that, that too. Fuck horns. <laughs> um, no. Uh, horns you know, are stupid. No uh, respect for the horns. The horns are a wonderful instrument. <laughs> you know, it's, I love the horns. And Howard the Chairs is a good bit too, because again, that that came from Pete when he was four hundred pounds. Yeah, and just basically, like, hey, we're gonna go to this bar. It's like Howard the Chairs. Can I right. can I sit on them? It was a true question about let's go out to eat, let's go out to the bar. Uh, this place has really good food. I could not care any less about the quality of the food. A couple questions: Are the chairs gonna hold me? Are we are we gonna be right up next to another couple right there? Yeah, which I've learned from going out to dinner. With my wife, that doesn't matter. You can't hear each other. Once uh, the conversations are going, if you keep the conversations going, yeah, there could you be can't a hear each other. Yeah, that's true. I so that's the problem where it's like you gotta like it's like the the no the sound waves cancel each other out almost. Right. But every time that happens to me, I just think of that episode of Curb where Larry and Richard Lewis had sat next to somebody and Larry just can't even deal with it. And he just leans over, he's like, you getting all this? You hearing all of our conversation? Right. That, <laughs> right. That's I even if I knew for a fact that the sound waves were canceling out. Just in my having a conversation that close to somebody else, like a very enclosed stage play, would right. just uh, send me spiraling. And I'll I'll say this: you do perform a little bit mm-hmm. when they're right there. It's it's almost like a podcast where <laughs> let's put on a show that we're that like we're the best couple imaginable. Right? Yeah. There is a portion of that happening, and um, but I. Another fear conquered. That was a big, well, the chairs are right next to each other. We're going to go sit and hang. I don't want to hang out with you. I don't even know these people. I, yeah, pay to go hang out with somebody else. What? All the bitter, asshole-ish um, viewpoints I had to shut something down. Like we went to a Korean barbecue one time in Baltimore. And I guess, I don't know if this is true with all uh, Korean barbecue spots, but the lady was over there fixing the food at the table or like at least putting it on. It's like, oh, we came to this restaurant. We just have to hang out with a stranger now? What is this? <laughs> I had every reason uh, not to go to restaurants, and most of which were, was, are the chairs going to hold? And it's a real question. I've taken off a ton of weight, and it's still a real question. I'm still about to break we're 20% of chairs. You and I are bigger guys. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's tall. And like, yeah, it's just, it's and can you fit the, the leg room? It's, it's a lot of... It's a lot of sacrifice if the chairs aren't right. Yeah. So, and that was always like a back pocket show idea I had um, and had never done it. And Julia, my wife, uh, loved the idea and said, let's do it. Yeah. So it's it's like a restaurant in review, interior design review, quality of the chairs review, TikTok show. Yeah. That's it. Which, yeah. Best way to sum it up. Also, I, I like what you're saying about, you know... had all these misgivings about stuff until you get married. And that's something I've kind of realized where like the, the knock on marriage is like, Oh, you lose your individuality and your sense of self. It's like, yeah, but maybe those parts of you were not good. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you you have to adjust them to be with somebody. A hundred percent. I mean, some of the things I decide not to do because I'm accountable to someone else and I'm having another person, uh, top of mind aside from just myself it's beneficial to life, you know? And I just want to say, I felt like it sounded like I was getting really, and no, I will get emotional. Um, 
No, that's truly something I thought I'd never want any. I mean, in the office pool of who's not going to get married, mm-hmm. I think I was a, a blue chip recruit. So Number one seed. Yeah, number one seed. So to be here, having conquered the fear of all types of fears conquered, uh, restaurant, banter next to a cu- another couple, you know. Which doing, sounds small, but it's like that's a – it's. The small stuff of day-to-day life is huge. It makes up your entire life. Right. Yeah. Yeah, conquer those fears. Yeah. Restaurant uh, banter was the first fear. Other fear. Uh, doing mediocre stand-up for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, try 15. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess 12-ish. Over the course of 12 years, you know, not consistently. But um, the fear of being a dorky choir person no, I'm really good at sports too. That that fear is conquered. <laughs> no, but uh, what yeah, Pete's circle back he, here. He stands in front of you as as a perfect, well developed human being. Yes, right? that's. I think that was the. Uh, He's got a, the best Beatles cover of all time. Top five. Being yes, over. the thesis of the episode is um, have a really natural gift for music and uh, squander it with uh, <laughs> squander it with uh, occasional Instagram covers. Not, not Pete is not squandering by any means, but uh, well, because I'll and I'll tell you, you got to go follow. Close out the show here. You got to go follow Pete online. Where can everyone follow you? How are the chairs? Where Tup and Pete the album? Like sure, like, yeah. Please um, give us all the links and then great. Yeah, feel free to check out uh, Tup and Pete on Spotify. The album is called "The Tallest Guy in Jail." Um, we got another one coming out, hopefully beginning of next year. Probably under a different group name because it's kind of a specific weird situation love for you to check out but how are the chairs it's a fun instagram tiktok review of the chairs at restaurants show um feel free to follow me on instagram if you'd like for uh wimpy acoustic covers and uh pictures of my wife and dog there we go and yeah, yeah. he just uh put up a great taylor swift bonnie Vare exile cover thought that was thank great. you butchered words as always i the words Listen are like, to the, this, like the least important thing. Yeah, I mean, I had a, a whole joke about how I don't connect with the words and songs. Interestingly, though, I do way more now that I'm married and in love. Oh, really? I think it was just I needed to uh, be, be comfortable fall in with love. restaurant. <laughs> be comfortable <laughs> with the restaurant banter. It's, oh, words are great, actually. Right, yeah. Once I became okay to sit next to another couple, I really, the words to, uh, the words to yesterday finally made sense. Oh, I get it now. Uh, All my trouble seems... So- oh, far away. Yeah, right. They're not here anymore. God. Yeah. Wow. Amazing. Now it looks... No, I don't get that part. Never mind. <laughs> they go back to a restaurant. <laughs> you come home, like, get, listen again. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I'm picking up on this part now. <laughs> uh, I think that's uh, all the things I, I could plug. Uh, we, we did a musical episode of uh, my old podcast, which is still out there. We did a... John Bonnet, famous for this podcast. Yeah, we did a John Bonnet Ramsey musical that we half improvised, half uh, pre-wrote, and that's I stand by that still. I'll, I won't in two years, I'm sure. And then we did another musical called uh, "Daughter of an Electric Chair Salesman," which I which, heard in the car on the way back from your bachelor party, and it is phenomenal. So just search search famous for this podcast on whatever podcast platform and scroll down till you find that one. Yeah, that "Daughter of an Electric Chair Salesman" for non. John Bonet Ramsey uh, fans, but um, find John Bonet if you can. Yeah, thanks, man. This was really fun. There we go. Thanks for stopping by. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Ah. Ah. Oh. oh, baby. Tell you what, baby.